you're dead on, right? Getting super clear on what you want and not just from your career, but from your overarching life. What initially drove me, I did have an entrepreneurial bone in my body before this, but what really drove the decision was how do I create a life where I can be closer to my family, spend more time with them, and be able to do work that really means something to me. This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, Erin Baker has locked herself at home in Michigan since coming back from Mexico 30 days ago. As a coach with a scientific and corporate background, Erin works with clients on their mindset and helps them prepare for their next act so they can make an impact. In our chat today, Erin reflects on past personal crisis and how she is drawing strength from those experiences. While fully acknowledging the seriousness of the state of the world today, Erin also brings so much infectious energy and, if it's not too much of an oxymoron, tangible hope for the future. So here's my uplifting chat with the down-to-earth Erin Baker. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious. It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. Hurrah, here we are. Erin Baker, welcome to Crisis Cast 2020. Thank you very much for joining me. Well, thank you very much for having me. So now I know you're in Michigan, you're in Ann Arbor near the CEO. And I'd really love to know from where you are in the world, what your experience has been so far on a local level of the, of the pandemic. I've had a very weird experience. I came home traveling from Mexico and I live about 15 minutes outside of Ann Arbor, which is a small-ish town in Michigan. I haven't left my neighborhood since March 10th. So I actually don't know what's happening in my town, even though I'm 10, 15 minutes away from the hubbub. It's a very strange feeling of, I live in suburbia, I've got turkeys, I've got geese, I've got coyotes, I've got deer. So it's, it's a, I'm in the twilight zone. I have no idea what's happening in my local area. So how are you getting essential supplies? I mean, this is 20th of April, so this is a lot of time you've been isolated on your own. How are you feeding? I'm, I'm doing okay. So I came home from Mexico with a sore throat. And so immediately we put me on quarantine. And then about four days after that, my wife uh, got a sore th- or a cough and she worked at a pediatrician's office. And so they said, don't come in. So for a couple weeks, we were both on quarantine having stuff delivered. She's now furloughed from work. She's at home. So she's the one going out doing all the essential shopping. Because if I were to get sick, the business would be the only, that's our only income at the moment. So uh, she's out, she's gotten, she's brought back a little bit of intel on what's happening, but even she hasn't been downtown 
I've only seen pictures. I have a client who is a photographer and he's taken a few pictures of sort of the deadness of downtown and it's very eerie. Yeah, there's some photos of central London going around in, in my community. My wife works right in central London. She works mm. in Oxford Circus, which is as central London as you could be. And uh, she was, she's been in a few times because um, she, she works for the BBC and it's dead. Like central London is dead. It's like a ghost town. Um, and yet actually she was in yesterday on a Sunday and she drove back, she drives back through Regent's Park and she said, yeah, there's been quite a few people that have forgotten <laughs> that it's, that it's lockdown time. So, um, cause the weather's been nice, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means for us here, but, um, yeah, that's strange. So it's all a kind of a hearsay cause you've been a good citizen. So yes, you've been reading about it and stuff. It's very similar to, I actually was flying over to Ireland on election night when Trump got elected. And so I was out of the country when Trump got elected and did not experience any of the collective trauma (laughs) that my world experienced. And I feel very similarly right now. Like, I'm not really in my country right now. Yeah, right. I know what's happening, but yeah, I'm very isolated here and it's wonderful and very eerie. Yeah. So where were you on the other side of it? Where were you when Obama got elected? I was in California and that was also a strange day because there was a big proposition there basically banning gay marriage. Uh, So we were celebrating Obama and mourning that gay marriage had been legal for three months and they took it away. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've been in weird places for different epic moments in the course of the US or the globe, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we remember yeah. those things. So, talking about the globe, talking about people, yeah. what's your take on how we're going to get this through this? What I'm really feeling right now is um, one day at a time. And what I'm seeing in my world is everybody's having their own experience. And a lot of people are having a lot of opinions about what other experiences people should be having. And what I see really on a lot of levels is we got to take it one day at a time and it's up to us as individuals to think about how do we want to create our now and how do we want to create our future so that when we do get through this on the other side we don't go into an autopilot i see so much of the world has been on autopilot doing their you know get up in the morning commute travel to work travel home And it could be really easy to fall into some other new normal that doesn't suit us. So I think the best way to get through this is for us to be thinking right now about when we do finish whatever span of lockdown, what do we want, each of us? It feels to me from the conversations we've had that you're feeling, you're framing this as an opportunity. Absolutely. And I don't want to negate the real pain so many people are having and there are people who are still there's different phases when you go through a crisis and there are a lot of people who are still in this survival mode of being really reactive to what's coming at them because they're facing real job losses or you know in bigger corporations they might be laying off people but there is a point where you get out of that chaos phase and you get to a place of okay things are settling a little bit and this is the place where Things that are growing grow faster and things that are dying die faster. So 
it's a great opportunity to be on the growth side of growing faster or even changing. If you're someone who's just finding out, wow, I really don't like the way my life was before this. What's my opportunity now? This is a great time to be thinking about that. Yeah, agreed. And you're someone who's already created your own reality in terms of what you do. You've chosen to do your own thing. You've chosen to row your own boat. And so therefore, you have that air of confidence of someone who's already taken some tough decisions from a business and survival standpoint. So you're a little bit more comfortable and confident without being, you know, negating the pain. Like you say, it's absolutely great language for that. And um, I'm going to be stealing that going forward. So thanks for that. Um, Tell me about, tell me about looking back on the changes that you've made. Cause I know that you used to work at Facebook, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. And that was about three years ago. I went through what I would consider an equally painful crisis, but on a very individual level. My mother, we don't know the origin of it, but she got a staph infection in her spine that had her almost overnight in the hospital, comatose. The spinal infection went to spinal meningitis and she was comatose for four weeks, which Reminds me a little bit of this chaos reactive phase. And then when she woke up, she was told she was never going to move again. And they did at least move her to a rehab hospital. And she spent six months uh, relearning literally to move a finger and then another finger and then a hand. And so having been through a crisis with my family on that scale of what are we going to do? Having to make some decisions that we were really uncomfortable and then spending that time together, really being present and not knowing with my mother if she was at where she was going to have a ceiling because they had told me she's never going to move again. And then she starts moving a finger. They had no idea if she was going to get all of her function back, if she was going to get part of it. And so we had to learn how to be really present and celebrate the little moments of progress and to be okay with whatever her new normal was going to be. And we didn't know for a while what her new normal was. And she's still working. She's not walking yet. She's gotten everything back, but we still don't know what her new normal is. And so it's a constant learning of this is where we're at right now. And what's the opportunity here? And it was an opportunity for me in that moment to say, well, what's really important to me? (laughs) Should I be at Facebook? Should I be with my mom? What do I really want to do with my life? It was a great incubation time of getting really clear and then saying, you know what, if not now, when? Yeah, great. And um, that's a nice thing to have come out, come out the other side with, I guess. So my question to you is, as someone who was employed, massive company, all of that stuff, what are the steps if someone's thinking about escaping from from the corporate life and becoming a the corporate refugee as as we like to say are there things are there steps that you took that you would say you know this is what you need to do first thinking about what it is you actually want is the best thing like some of the best advice i've ever had um at some point dove gordon's going to be on here and one of the things he said to me and he's an amazing coach he he said to to it on a group call once he was like so many people are just always talking about what they don't want because it's so much easier <laughs> than actually saying no like hold on what 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 do you want 
can you tell me what you want? And people just go, well, what I don't want is this. No, no, no. What do you want? Like, just say what you want. It's okay. It's okay. And if, if that's money, then you can say that. Like, it's okay to say that. Don't feel weird about saying that you want an extra, you know, 50 grand a year or whatever it is. And yet people are weird about that stuff. So there's a part of getting over yourself that I certainly have personally been, been through that. It's okay to want what you want. Secondly, though, I've never had a secure job in my life. Like I've never been employed by anyone in my life for longer than, I don't know, a year. And even that was a contract. So what are the moves if someone's stuck in a big glass building who's now <laughs> suddenly getting the taste of the remote life because been forced upon them? What happens there? Like what's, what's your guidance and steps there advice wise? Yeah, the, you're dead on, right? Getting super clear on what you want and not just from your career, but from your overarching life. What initially drove me, I did have an entrepreneurial bone in my body before this, but what really drove the decision was how do I create a life where I can be closer to my family, spend more time with them and be able to do work that really mean something to me because Facebook's a phenomenal place to work and the impact is massive, 200, two, 2 billion and counting people. But it, was it the impact I wanted? Not sure. So I spent a lot of time getting clear on what it was I wanted. And that's the advice I have from, for people. The thing that often happens though, is you can get yourself stuck in thinking. And then the minute you do it, you figure out it's not what you want. So one of the things I gave myself permission to do was want, try, decide if I want it still, try more. I'm very experimental. I come from a scientific background. And so a lot of my world is go try a thing, decide if you like it then. If you do, keep going. If you don't, pivot. So I waited till I had at least some data that I was moving in the right direction. And then I took a leap, which I don't advise everybody to do. But I just said, you know what? I'm going to go all in on this new path. And if in two years it doesn't work, I can go back or do something different. So sometimes I get people to just ask themselves, what's the cost of not taking the leap? Yeah. So what, what is a leap? Is a leap a letter of resignation? Can be. What was your leap? That was me. Yeah. My leap. Yeah. So I... I wasn't working at Facebook anymore. I moved on to Microsoft, but uh, yeah, I took a, I had coached a couple of clients on the side, had enough of a taste thinking this might be a thing. And then I said to myself, you know what? I can't not try this. And I knew myself well enough to know that I needed to go all in. I couldn't do it as a side hustle. Some other people, it makes a lot of sense to build up a side hustle before you resign. For me, it was go all in and I gave myself a timeline, which was uh, two to three years, basically. If in two to three years I don't like this, I'll do something different. Um, it scared every bone in my body. Every, it, it was not an easy thing. I can talk about it now, but it was the absolute most terrifying thing I've ever done. And it was still more costly to stay where I was at than to be in that constant terror, finding out if this was a thing. So how did you, how did you get the coaching thing on the side? How does that come? Because at least that gave you a taster and gave you maybe that little 
final push over the finish line. So what what does that look like if someone's looking to start some freelance stuff on the side and do a bit of hustling or however you want to frame it? How how did that how did that work for you? What was what was going on there? So I first signed up for I can't remember which of the two. I had two different online courses I took just to get a little taste. I had a coach myself at the time, but I wanted to learn a little bit of the um, nuts and bolts. And then I just approached two people in my life uh, that I knew were interested in their professional development. And I said, Hey, I'm thinking about becoming a coach. I'm curious if you'd be down with, you know, for a very reduced fee, me working with you for a few months and you give me feedback on my coaching and hopefully I can help you. And two people just were immediate. Hell yes, let's do this. <laughs> just got to take a risk to ask people. And be upfront that I I might not be good at this yet. Yeah, awesome, awesome work. Yeah, yeah. Now listen, a couple of weeks ago we were the world's largest independent podcast production company without a podcast. Right, a complete elephant yeah. in the room, and it didn't matter. Like at the time, it didn't matter because the economy was where it was the business was coming in through the ways it was coming in and mainly partnership and stuff. And things are changing a little bit. And rather than sit there and panic, it's like, right, let's be proactive. What's one thing we we could do that we're quite good at? Oh, I know. Why don't we do a podcast? You know, like, hello. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So on- I was going to say, this is a time to try things you never thought you would. Yeah. I'm saying yes right now to things that I would have said, no, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Why not right now? Yeah. And this is coming Pyramid. up. This is coming up so much. I was on a call today with a group of people. And one of the things that someone said, and I, I said to someone the other day, so I imagine we're all saying it is right now, if you want to talk to someone, you've got a really good chance of being able to talk to them. And I think we spoke about this the other day as well. And it's true. Like everyone's finding that there's something innately human about communication and conversation where people will just get the human need of having a chat and it and it's working. So it might not be a podcast, but you can speak to people and people are open and there's a lot of really nice stuff happening with the way that people are behaving and communicating and being open and sharing. Um, that I haven't totally seen for agree. a long time. Like there's a bit of shadiness from the usual suspects, but it's only one click away from an unsubscribe and um, it's all good, you know? Um, so on the other side of all of the pandemic stuff and all being well, there'll be a vaccine and the economies will get back to where, where we are. What, what do you think the other side looks like? It sounds like you've thought a lot about the autopilot stuff um, and, and making sure people don't go back into an uncomfortable autopilot. What, what do you think it will look like and what would you like to create for yourself? What's going to be your new normal on the other side of this? Yeah, I don't know what it looks like on the other side. It reminds me a lot of my mother with, we, don't, we didn't know what her ceiling was. So it's, it's kind of fun to be in the process of every day things change and sort of guessing without attachment to what it might look like. And for me, it's more of a hope around you know, really having more people get real conscious about what they want to do in the world, have 
the impact they want to have in their communities, in their, their towns, in the world. And I'm also imagining that so often when these big crises happen, innovation happens. And so there's a part of me that doesn't want to speculate because innovation is going to happen and something we're not even anticipating is going to come along. And I'm excited because one of the things I do is work with people who are innovators. I'm excited to be on the path with those people to, to see what are they going to create in the world? What are they going to see as a need right now that's going to propel 5, 10, 20 years into the future? And so for my, me and my business right now, I'm just in the present moment of how can I connect more with these people who are going to be creating the new normal? Yeah, well, and you're creating that too. Um, you're, you've been coaching for a while, which is great, and you're doing great, and you're starting a podcast. Excellent choice. Yeah. Um, so, other than that, other than starting a new podcast, which is obviously a new venture that you're you're doing, you've just launched a new website, which looks awesome, um, which we're going to direct people to. Since so, between starting the coaching, doing the thing, and since lockdown. Are you doing other things? Are you doing anything more intentionally for yourself and for your business since you've been constrained to somewhere a few minutes out of Ann Arbor, not really knowing what's going on? Like, what are you doing differently on a personal level first? Yeah. So something that really surprised me is I was feeling really blocked for a couple months in terms of I go live on Facebook. I have a community I run. I was feeling really blocked content wise and having discussions with my own coach about what's going on with me. I can't seem to just get out there. And as soon as the pandemic hit, it was just like the floodgate opened. And so something I'm doing a lot differently is just the fear of whatever fear was behind me not putting out content is gone. And so I'm being very intentional about being out there, sharing being a little bit more bold about my sharing and it's all a fun and be in service of the long term. So I I am someone who instead of planning the long term, I'm now having fun in the possibility of what these little things I'm doing are going to turn into in the long term. Um and then personally, I'm just being really intentional about I could actually be busier than normal and I'm making sure I'm not. So last week I took an afternoon off for no reason. Um, I'm getting outside more. I'm spending time with my family. I'm being really intentional about if this is the business I want to be in for the next five, 10, 20 years, this is a great time for me to say, this is how I want it to be. Some people do really well in a crisis. I feel like you're one of those people. I, I, I'm starting to think, I might be one of those people too. Um, We're rare birds. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, but it takes. I was saying to a friend the other day, it's taken a pandemic, a global pandemic, for me to get out of my own way, which is mm -hmm. ridiculous. But that's me. But but yeah, it's suddenly you realise all of this shit that you were thinking about. It just doesn't matter. Like, so we're going to try this and we're going to do this thing, and it's it's okay, and uh, you know. I'm going to take an afternoon off. doesn't matter. Like it's not just about finding opportunity. It's about maybe just not doing anything for an afternoon and feeling cool about it. 
it's it's yeah. both ways, right? Um, well, I would say right now, because it's so unclear what the business landscape looks like, I'm really focusing on what feels fun, what feels creative, what do I want to do? I did a whole live video, so many people talking about what you should be doing right now. And I totally disagree with that. People are talking about, I don't want to waste this crisis. That gets you out of what's fun and creative. It's really about what can you do given your current constraints and what do you want to do? And so I'm trying to stay in that myself every day. Absolutely. And those Facebook lives and the podcasts, they're all documents of moments in time that if the worst happened to you, that's what you leave behind, right? How did this person right. deal with this? How, and, and if you're documenting it and you're seen to be someone who's very giving, which is what you're doing, like you're giving every time I look at your Facebook feed now that, you, you know, we're Facebook friends and stuff, you're just there like with a smile doing what you're doing, sometimes with mm -hmm. a guitar. Yes. And it's like, which is cool. So edgy. And yet, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And it shows, we had a chat about, in relation to your podcast, about it's really important to stand for something and be seen to stand for something in terms of what you deliver for your clients. Because there's a gazillion coaches out there all talking about success and all of that stuff. And it's just empty verbiage. And yet when you stand for so many things and just by listening back to this conversation people listening already know exactly what you stand for people know where your politics are people know loads of stuff just by listening to you so what are you finding who are you finding that you attract because you are so kind of out front with the type of person that you are and where you are what how does that manifest itself in your business Right now, it's the people who are secretly thriving. Um, it's the people who are getting an itch to be innovative. And it's people who are even wanting to lead differently, some leaders who are think seeing this as an opportunity to take risk. Um, and I will say, beneath that, they're all terrified. Um, so I, I get fears of what are people going to think of me if I am thriving, right? Or what are people going to think of me if I'm selling, if I have a friend who's making great money in her business and was feeling guilty about that. Um, it's the people who are thinking, well, if I completely switch careers right now, will I lose my identity? And so they're the kind of people who are absolutely terrified and doing it anyway. They're taking the risks. They're moving forward. They have this incredible ability, and I think I do too, to feel all the feelings and still go forward, still be focused, still be positive, still be innovative, still go try things. Those are the kind of people I just absolutely adore, yeah. and they come to me. Yeah, me too. And I think I, I've had those feelings as well, not not necessarily like in a in a big way, but I've thought especially about the community of people that I was spent most of my life with, which is musicians, you know, they're in real trouble right now. So a lot of mm -hmm. my friends are in real trouble and I've been doing this thing as well as playing music. And I've sort of thought, well, you know, what, what does that look like if I'm still actually doing quite well or maybe even better than I've ever done? And I think what that looks like is I get to give people some work 
Like that's what that looks like. If I've got money, then I get to hire some people that I know and I get to hire some people, you know, the musicians I can hire to help me edit podcasts and and to join us and stuff like that while they're not allowed to go and play in stadiums, right? It's not like they're they're busy doing that or or whatever or the or the bottoms dropped out of the industry. It's dropped out of everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they have got key They've got some key skills that I know we can use in at Podcast Network Solutions that that can help, and I'm seeing that as well. So, yeah, that's 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 where my head is with like being okay about doing okay through this financially. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't help any of us who are doing well to bring ourselves down into the pits. Yeah, it, we, we, yeah. we still need to have people who are moving forward, doing what you're doing, you know, being able to give back as much as possible. Yeah. We're all going to be in different places in different, you know, different boats with different, different directions. The boats are going, it's totally okay. And the thing I see so much is the need for people to feel the permission to be experiencing whatever they're experiencing, whether they're experiencing complete trauma all the way to their thriving, every experience is valid and okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's let's finish up with this one one question and and I reckon you're going to keep it positive because you're that kind of person. What have you seen so far since this has kicked off since your flight from Mexico? Was it Mexico? Mexico yeah. <laughs> all the yeah. way back home since the news the news cycle in in the US. What have you seen that's impressed you or surprised you? Um, even if it's online because you've been at home. Yeah. Creativity. Um, Especially in creating connection. So the way people have come together on Zoom calls, everything from dance parties to people playing games with each other to my summer camp had an alumni reunion of like six general uh, 60 years worth of campers and alumni the the incredible ways that we're innovating in that space around connection and community brings me so much hope around just the ways we're going to innovate in the new normal and it's been really not only uh impressed me but it's it's surprised me how genius people can be yeah where did your summer camp take place uh, just about three hours north of here in um, a place called Indian River, Michigan. It's actually where I spent most of my childhood. Didn't know there was a camp. It's on a lake. And I didn't know there was a camp across the lake. But it was absolutely the best thing that ever happened to me. And being able to meet up with people who've been going there for generations was just so special. Yeah. And what's the... My mom had like a school reunion on Zoom the other day. It was just crazy because she's 70 you know but amazing too what what, did you learn anything about people that you hadn't seen in a while like is there any remarkable stories and from people there you know actually what was cool is hearing about about 30 years ago they changed where things were on camp so people were referring to to places that no longer exist and things that happened there right so that was that was really really interesting and now people having their kids going there and talking about the kids having very different experiences than their parents. Oh, that's really cool. That's yeah. so cool. So tell me about 
the business. Tell me about what you're up to at AaronBaker.com and um, where people can find you and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I work with mission-driven leaders and entrepreneurs who are in some level uh, launching their next act. They might be at the very beginning stages of figuring out, well, what am I doing with my life? All the way to, I'm at the beginning stages of this business or this startup and I don't know what I'm doing. Help. (laughs) And I don't know all the things about business, but I do a lot to help with the inner work around when you become your own boss, when you become your own CEO, when you are your business, how do you move through that? And I help them think about strategy and skills from the standpoint of who they be in their business. It's a lot of fun for me to work with people who are inspiring, who are up to big missions. Oftentimes, I'll help them think even bigger, dream even bigger and say, okay, now that that feels impossible, let's go for it. Cool. Very cool. And people can find me on my website and uh, there's a link at the top of the call to action at the top of the page says join the tribe. That's my Facebook group. It's called the Impact Entrepreneur Launchpad. And that's where I do a lot more of my sharing than even on my Facebook feed. And it's a really cool mix of people who are service-based businesses, brick and mortars, a couple people doing startups all with the idea of creating a bigger impact on the world. Killer. And your next, your next act is going to be your podcast, which we're really excited to be helping you produce. And it's going to be the format of it. Some of it's going to be, you're going to actually be coaching on the podcast. So if anyone's really resonating with what you're doing, who's listening and how you think and the kind of person you are, then I would encourage them to get in touch with you directly because you'll be up for doing a bit of live coaching, albeit pre-recorded and then published for your podcast, right? Yep, absolutely. That's where the gold is. Yes, awesome. Okay, Erin, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Toby. All right, see ya. This episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cast 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar, if you're feeling pod curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com.